Welcome to this week's podcast from Oceans Church in Orange County. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. For more information, please visit our website at theoceanschurch.com. Well, welcome. Uh, we're really proud of Mark and Rochelle. Uh, we, uh, we sent them out from uh, Boise reluctantly. Uh, because uh, they were such a vital part of our church and God was using them and had a great ministry there, but we knew that the call of God was on their lives, so uh, you're welcome. Uh, And we thank God for what he's doing here. Now, I'll just give you sort of my background. Well, just to let you know, uh, Rochelle, yeah, she's been... um, she was five years old when we moved to, to Boise. We were sent out from a large church to start a church in 1983, so you can figure out how old she is. And, uh, and so in 1983, we started a church. God blessed us. We're now ministering to thousands, and, and uh, uh, God has done a great thing. Our son, which was Rich, is Rochelle's brother, is now the lead pastor there. And uh, <clears throat> he has seven kids. He has three sets of twins. Boy, you caught your breath, didn't it? I saw you. Yeah, he's got three sets of twins. They, they didn't think they could have kids, so they adopted uh, a set of twins, two boys, who are now just wonderful athletes. I just They're 10 years old, and I'm just so enjoying watching them because I'm a coach. I'll give you my background in a minute. I'm a coach, and so... So, for instance, Friday night, one of the twins threw for four touchdowns. The other one caught two touchdowns. So they're just, jeez. So I'm having a blast watching them. And, but uh, So they couldn't have kids, so they, then he adopted another uh, girl, which is the full sibling of, of, the, of the twins. And then seven, eight years later, Chris and Kelly come to me and says, Dad, Mom, we're pregnant. With twins. A year goes by. Dad, Mom, we're pregnant with twins. Is that just crazy? So they have four kids under the age of two. I dare you to do that. I mean, it's, it's crazy. I go there for an hour. I think, how do you do this all day? And... Uh, but they're so, the kids are so precious. They really are. And, and we're having a great time. But that's, uh, that's where we're at up there. Um, and then Connie's mom yesterday, my wife's mom, turned 101 yesterday. And, and she lives with us. She lives with us. So that's why Connie is not here. She, we, we have to take care of her at our, in our home. And we brought her home during the, uh, the COVID virus thing. She was in a senior home, but we just felt like we wanted to protect her, so we brought her home. I don't think she would have made it if she hadn't been with us. So she's 101, doing great, strong. It's just crazy. And uh, so my life is kind of full. And then we have a lot of uh, uh, things we're doing at the church, coaching. And I am a coach. I, uh, my background is teaching. So today, I, I'm not as funny as Mark. So don't expect funnies necessarily, but I am a teacher and I'm prophetic and I like to preach and so I'll I'll share thoughts with you. I've uh, I've been in ministry for almost 50 years. Um, 
and uh, I, I uh, helped start schools. I taught in public and private school. I coach football, basketball, and track. I, I love coaching people up to do something better than they are. And so I'm hoping to coach you today. I'm going to give you principles that you can grab a hold of and in, in, in changing your life. So I hope that will, will happen to you. Um, <clears throat> um, also, my background is U.S. government and uh, uh, U.S. history. That's what I got my uh, degree in. Or uh, That thing is pushing my notes. I'm cool enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, today I want to I bring you a word uh, that I have practiced in my life. Hopefully you can see the result of it. I'm going to tell you stories. I'm going to illustrate it. We're going to practice it maybe a little at the end and, and see what God does. Okay? Father, we just pray for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We pray that you would stir our hearts. You'd make us ready for this uh, powerful time we live in. You've placed us here for such a time as this. And we pray that you would renew our hearts and prepare us for this hour in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I want to tell you a story, which leads us into this whole thing that I'm going to express to you today. Uh, we have had a ministry in Washington, D.C. for over 20 years. We take teams into Washington. We pray for leaders, try, attempting to encourage them because uh, what I found out in D.C., everybody would go in and, and uh, want money and policy changes from the leaders, but nobody cared for their soul. So we went in and cared for their soul. We prayed for leaders. A lot of those that you see on TV are actually personal friends of mine. Uh, some of them have, uh, well, they, they just need continued prayer. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a zoo. And uh, w the reason, the way we got into it was we had a lady in our church who came up to me one day uh, back in the early 90s and said, Pastor Ken, uh, I feel like I'm supposed to run for Congress. Yeah. So what should I do? Well, we prayed and said, do it. Yeah. So she wins. And she said, well, I'm not going to Washington, D.C. without you, Pastor Ken. Yeah. I said, well, I'm not going to D.C. What does that mean? And, <laughs> and uh, it, uh, she wanted us to actually undergird. She understood two things. Yeah. She understood the power of prayer and the power of being under authority. Yes. And so uh, we sent her out. She began. She was one of the key congressmen back in 1994 when there was a change in the government. And uh, uh, so for six, seven, eight years, we were walking with her she brought we actually brought teams back there to actually pray for her and all of a sudden all these congressmen heard that she's being prayed for so they wanted to be prayed for yeah, yeah. so we started going into their 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 uh, offices and praying for them and without exception not one time in in the 20 years did i ever have a congressman uh, a representative or senator refuse to be prayed for yeah. i had some staffers that did I know, I know what you're referring to. Okay, well, just let God do what he wants with you then. <laughs> I mean, I can tell you stories. We would go into these offices, and they would be almost on their knees crying because of the power of the anointing. We'd go in there, and we'd just carry the glory of God, and the anointing would come. So I do have some experience in this area. 
And I'm not here to teach about government. I wish I, I could. Uh, I do this a lot. I have a message right here if I wanted it to go that way, you know. Um, but I feel like I have a message for you today. But I want to tell you one story. Uh, as I was back in D.C. in 2007, it was 14 years ago. Wow. 14 years ago. Next week. It was in October. I'm sitting in the room. All of a sudden, God shows up. All of a sudden, I see this open vision, this black cloud coming over the Atlantic Ocean. We're on the Atlantic side of the, of the continent. I see this black cloud. I, I don't know what, what it was, and then the Holy Spirit just spoke to me and said, that's an that's a evil plotting force coming from Europe, Africa, and the Middle East. It's a cabal of evil plotting forces of spiritual principalities and powers coming to bring down Christianity in America. Wow. Notice what has happened in the last 14 years. Well, frankly, it just, it's, it literally scared me. How do we combat this, God? And I didn't think I got a good answer from him. Have you ever said to God, I don't think I have a good answer, God? I, that's the way we talk. Okay. And I didn't get one for a few years. And then he gave me the answer, or at least an answer, which I won't tell you now. I'm going to tell you at the end of the message. But during that time, I felt God speaking to me about the area of prayer and communication and how, how needful it was. I'm going to talk to you today about, I think when I say prayer, people go, ugh, they're just... To me, prayer is an adventure. It's the great adventure. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to tell you about it in different ways so you'll understand. So if you go to the Bible, um, and we, we start in the book of Genesis. The, the book of Genesis is very clear uh, that, that it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Now, let me just tell you a principle. First two verses. Gives you the whole principle. Genesis is the seed book of the Bible. Every doctrine, everything, every principle in the Bible is first started in Genesis. The first two verses, an incredible principle. You didn't even catch it when I read it. It says, without form and void. In other words, chaos everywhere. Chaos everywhere. What happens? Spirit's hovering. Right now, the Spirit's hovering. What happens is that then it says... It says here, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then verse 3 says, then God said. So what happens is this. The Spirit hovers over chaos, but then the Word of God speaks. Life comes. That's the principle. It's, it's, it's all through Scripture. So what happens in our lives? It's the Spirit and the Word that always works together. It's the Spirit and the Word. I'm a spirit-filled person. My life changed when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Happened in 1973. The power of God came on me. I've never been the same since. And God has allowed me to, to speak, to declare, and to, to pray for people, to believe for healing. I, I, I go into offices and I, I, I claim the glory of God. And without exception, something happens in people's lives if, if we... If we represent God, because see, we're citizens of the kingdom. We're not even, we're not first of all Americans. We're first of all citizens of the kingdom of God. 
We're not Republicans or Democrats. Oh, no. We're citizens of the kingdom of God. And we're going to affect all of them. Okay? So, um, I, I've been, you know, I, I, I saw this scripture over the years, and I understood this principle. And then, then one day, quite a few years ago, I went to sleep, and I had a, I had a dream. And in the dream, I saw this word. I didn't know what the word was. Now, I don't always remember my dreams, but I woke up, and I remembered the word and how it was spelled. And the Holy Spirit said, it's a Hebrew word. Go to the Strong's Concordance and find out what it means. I went to the Strong's Concordance, and what do you know? It was the Hebrew word seed. The Hebrew word seed. I thought, well, if God gives me a vision of a word in Hebrew in my dreams, it must be pretty important. So over the years, I've been fascinated with seeds. I've just been fascinated with it. This little seed, this little tiny seed has the DNA of it, of, of what it will be one day. Everything in earth that you see is the result of a seed. Every living thing is a product of a seed. So I saw this and I began to just investigate. And, and you know, I, as, as I'm... Really, uh, I, I love seeds. I love agriculture. I, my, my father-in-law, my wife's uh, dad was a, was a farmer rancher, and I just, it's just fascinating to me that you plant this little thing in the ground, and up, up a few months, weeks later, this plant comes. We, we decided to grow some tomatoes this, this year and cucumbers in our, in our garden, cucumbers and tomatoes, and Connie didn't know what kind of tomatoes and what kind of cucumbers, and it was amazing what came out. We planted the seed, and, and we had some really good tomatoes, and some tomatoes that weren't because they were different kinds, and some weren't, weren't so good. And it, but it was amazing that, that after time, they just grow, and they, you, can, you can eat it. Then these cucumbers came, and then all of a sudden, this big, huge cucumber came in the garden. I said, Connie, that's not a regular cucumber. And it certainly wasn't. It was called a muskmelon. It's a cucumber, but it's a melon. And it's just, it was, it was huge. It was like three feet, four feet long. It kind of like, looked like a big worm, you know? I'm going, what have you planted in our garden? And it kind of took over things. But it was because of a seed. Recently, we, ha- we have an 80-acre uh, farm right next to our church. Every year, they plant something. And I never know what it is. Every year, I'm just fascinated. I just can't wait for them to plant. So I see them in the in the in the field, planting with their, with their farm equipment. They plant, and then I just thrilled to see what's going to... Well, I guess this year was onions. Wow. 80 acres of onions. Wow. Have you ever smelled 80 acres of onions? <laughs> so this last week, this past week, they started harvesting. Truck after truck after truck after truck. It took... It, in fact, they're not quite done yet. They took huge trucks of onions out of there. And I'm going... That's the product of a seed. Yeah. Everything in this field is because of seed. They have fruitfulness. They have, we have onions. We have things we go in the store because of seeds. Yeah. The power of a seed. Yeah. Now, you're made in the image of God. Are you still with me? Yeah. I'm going someplace. Yeah. So, you're made in the image of God. Yeah. How did God create? He spoke. He spoke. Let me say it this way. You can create by speaking. Words are seeds. Come on, stay with me. Words are seeds. 
Word seeds germinate and grow. They reproduce themselves. You know, they are latent potential. God planted the heavens and earth with word seeds. He created the heavens and earth with words. Word, I call them word seeds. And words that became what he decreed. He said, let it be, and it was done. The original intent was this, that God who made man in his image and likeness partnered with man so we could be creators by decreeing word seeds. We could also cause fruit to grow. We're also, just like Adam, we are to create gardens like Eden. Filled with fruit and abundance. We plant words filled with life. You know, uh, we plant words of life. We plant them in the heavens. We plant them in the earth. We, we plant them in our life, our business, our children. We plant purpose-filled seed. Genesis 1.11 says, Then God said, Let the land sprout with vegetation, every sort of seed-bearing plant, and trees that grow seed-bearing fruit. These seeds will then produce the kinds of plants and trees from which they came. And that's what happened. Yes, right. It goes on, the land produced vegetation, then ends up there. Seeds produce plants and trees of the same kind, and God saw that it was good. Now, words are very powerful. Seeds are very powerful. Yeah. They lose power and release potential. They release what is in them. Yeah. And it is, they, they, uh, every seed produces after its own kind. Yeah. It's impossible for an orange seed to produce an apple tree. Yeah. Can't do it. Yeah. You are the same way. So Your words will produce after its kind. Nothing activates the kingdom of God in the angel armies like the Word of God. The Word of God, as we speak it through us, we can create life. The Holy Spirit, now listen to me carefully. I just read it to you. The Holy Spirit hovers until he hears the Word of God, which then activates his power to bring about fruitfulness and blessing in our lives and in the area. In fact, you know, angel armies are waiting for the Word of God. Psalm 103.20 says, Bless the Lord, you as angels who excel in strength, who do his word, yes. heeding the voice of his word. Yes. Now, let me say it this way. God doesn't have a voice on the earth right now. It's the body of Christ that has a voice. Yes. When you speak, you speak as the oracle of God. Yes. And when you speak, you declare God's word. Yes. And angels then carry it out. The heavens of the earth are made to respond to the voice of God's word. And we're carriers of that. And remember, it was barren until God's word came forth. The answer to the chaos, yes. the disorder, the barrenness, and the darkness in our world right now is the declared word of God. Yes. Uh, man, California, you got some challenges. Yes. How, how do I know? Because the Californians are coming moving to Idaho like crazy. <laughs> Thanks for making our... Our uh, property values go up, and, and our church population has increased. Well, welcome. How are you? Yeah. Where are you from? California. It's great. But we need you here also to come and, and reorder the disorder. And it's possible. And I'll, I'll explain that to you. So in Genesis 1... God says that living things produce after their own kind. It, it, the word kind means species. Yes. They, have a, it's, it's, they produce their own species. Everything produces after its kind. The seed is in itself. The kind of seed determines the kind of fruit. Without a seed, there's no fruit, no animals, nothing.
No humans. The DNA in the seed determines what's going on and, and, and what, what it's going to be. And I just, I just, when I see a seed, I just can't believe that. Yeah. Everything that's going to be is right there in it right now. And so it's the law of creation. It will never change. There's the, also the law of sowing and reaping. The Bible has all of this, and we need to understand this. Galatians 6, verse 7, 8 says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever man sows, that it will he also reap. Both good and bad. Good and bad. Whatever is sown produces after its kind. After its kind. If you sow rebellion, guess what? You reap rebellion. If you sow kindness, you reap kindness. It's, it's, it's just everywhere. You can't. You can't disavow God's, God's seed order. First yes. Peter 1.22. Are you still with me? Yes. I'm going someplace. First Peter 1.22 says, For you have been born again, that is, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, and set apart for his purpose, not of seed which is perishable, but from that which is imperishable and immortal, that is, through the living and everlasting word of God. In other words, God rebirthed you by his seed, yes. his word. So when you were born again... You were just not saved. We use the word salvation in a lot of terminology. See, you weren't saved so you can make it to heaven. That's not the only reason. I mean, you're going to make it to heaven. Praise God. You're going to have fire insurance and life insurance and everything else. But that's not the reason why. You were born again so you could actually inhabit or have the seed of God in you. So you could go from one kingdom to another kingdom. That's what happened when Jesus came into your life. You were transformed from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of God. That was by the seed of the word of God. The moment you received Jesus, he sowed his spirit in his word. Spirit hovered. Word brought the seed. All of a sudden, you were born again by the incorruptible seed of God's word. That scripture has just it's been... In other words, you were made a brand new creature. I'll say it this way. You were made a new species of being. Yeah. It activates this royal priesthood in you. Yeah. The Bible says we're kings and priests. You are a ruling species mentality. The word seed is the word spora. Yeah. It means filled with new identity, new purpose, new destiny. Yeah. The seed or the spora means the parenting seed, the fertilized seed or activated seed, containing genetic markers, codes, or traits from the one who puts the seed in. You have hereditary qualities and potentialities that are transmitted to the offspring. A fertilized seed contains the parent's genetic markers. It holds genetic codes and also generational markers. So when you were born again, God's parenting seed was sown into you and fertilized in your spirit. It was activated, germinated, and what I call lifed, given life. And all the qualities and potentialities from God were then transmitted into you. Now, you were, you were born first with your parents' genetic markers. But when you were born again, you had your heavenly father's genetic markers. Now, we, we don't... You know, we, we kind of talk about this, but we don't realize the power and the impact of this. So God's seed sown into your heart, your life produces God because it produces after its own kind. A God seed produces his genetic codes in your spirit. You were born of God with his God markers in you. And through this parenting seed, his character traits, his mannerisms, tendencies, likes, dislikes, 
are passed on to the offspring. Preferences, actions, hereditary dispositions are inherited through the parents. You get that through your natural parents. You have likes and dislikes because it's the genetic in you. Okay? And uh, so when God's seed is in us, certain tendencies of his are passed on to us. We believe in miracles because that's been sown in us. We believe that all things are possible because that's what's been sown in us. These things are seeded to us in our birth. We are predispossessed to think with authority, to believe for ruling and reigning and conquering. That's why you want to defeat the devil. You know, God in us is, and God is in us. His disposition to always overcome evil is planted in us. You don't like evil. Why is that? Because it's in. Why do some people really like evil? Guard the the markers from their from the. Oh, I don't want to. I didn't know if I wanted to go this way, but John chapter eight. John chapter eight. Those are of the devil are of their father, the devil. So they have God markers because they were in... See, when you're, when you're born as Adam's race, you were born in sin. So you've, you have markers that are in you. That's why you don't have to tell kids to, to do all the bad stuff. They, they just do it automatically. We need a, a new seed, a born again, to give us the God markers. And so the reason why we have all these people doing evil because they haven't been born again. They don't have God's markers. They have Satan's markers. It's been seeded into them. Does that make sense? So you have all these people doing, you know, I want, can I say it this way? I'm probably older than most of you here. I've never seen the world like this. And I've never seen such out and out evil doesn't hide anymore. It doesn't hide. Why is that? Because they're getting more bold in their evil activity. So that, what does that mean? The Bible says in Proverbs, it says when it gets darker out, it's going to get lighter. The kingdom of God gets lighter. The kingdom of the enemy gets darker. I'm telling you, and the, and the best thing is this. I read the end of the book and we win. Okay? So... His disposition is that we always overcome evil. He is seated into the nature of his children to never give up. To subdue, conquer, reign in Jesus' name. God put no losing seed in you. The tendencies tendencies of God's kids are, are, are to think thoughts filled with hope. We have this eternal hope in us. What is that? That's God. That's the God seed in us. It's a genetic code in us. We are the offspring of the God of hope, the God of peace, the God of joy. The fruit of the Spirit has already been sown in us. We just have to water it, fertilize it, and let it come forth. Amen, Pastor Ken. That was good. We're also joint heirs with Christ. The Bible says, Romans 8, 17, and if children then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. In other words, we have been born into a dynasty family of governing of governing authority. Now, not dynasty like the world says and TV programs have. It's a dynasty of God ruling. In other words, we must be, it's a God dynasty. 
And we must think like one living the mandate of God to exercise dominion. As it says in Genesis chapter 1, 26 through 28, be fruitful and multiply, take dominion and subdue the earth, etc. You were born of God with his seed to have dominion, not to be dominated by hell, society, or government. Your, your, DNA, your DNA reads overcomer. It, it reads that. That's your genetic marker. Come on. Your DNA declares ruler with my father. And like your father, you as a child of God create words that are seeds. When you speak them, something happens. He wants you to create word seeds or decrees and create atmospheres for miracles and an environment that produces life and destroys death. Philippians 2.13, for it is God who energizes within you, both the desiring and the energizing, in behalf of his good pleasure. In other words, God's seed in you energizes you to create God's will by decreeing his word. His seed becomes this creative force in you. His plan is that when his heirs open their mouths, creative spheres will, will also open. We'll bring portals. We'll bring, bring a brand new atmosphere. I often say this to people. Church, open your mouths for Pete's sake. You see... Prayers aren't thought. Yes. I, I hear this a lot, well, you know, particularly in political circles. Well, let's have a, a moment of silent prayer. There's no such thing as silent prayer. I'm going, what, what, what are you talking about? Now there's silent meditation. Why don't they just say that? Well, let's have a moment of silent meditation. No, they say, let's have a moment of silent prayer. No, the Bible says, when you pray, say in order for prayers to be prayers, they have to be said. Have to be. God's, God's waiting for your voice to say. So, and so when, you're, when your words are spoken, because you're made in the image of God, you have the power to change things, bring order out of chaos. Your words can create openings for God's purpose. Our words produce after their kind, produce what those words say, subdue God's enemies, produce God's promises. That's all in this, the word that we speak. And these, we, we have to understand, there's several kinds of prayer, and I'm not, I understand prayer. I've been, I've been studying prayer for decades now, and there are supplications, there are petitions, there's intercessions, etc. But I'm talking today about decreeing prayers. I'm talking about proclaiming. And I, I it, the church is always, you see, we're acting like slaves, not like kings. What we do, God, please, just get us out of this mess, God. Let's get us out of here. No, he says, well, you speak your way out of it. Declare, decree. Oh. Man, if I lived in California, I'd be, I'd tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a couple stories. He'll illustrate, I'd be decreeing daily, man. My wife and I, this week, we had a prayer time that was just powerful. What happened is we were in a chapter of the Bible and, God, God spoke to us, start decreeing these. Yeah. So we, I, and we started decreeing, and I felt God saying, yeah, that's what I wanted. Yeah. Because what happens is angel armies respond to our voices through declarations. Yeah. Atmospheres are created, portals are opened, yeah. and God begins to do something. Yeah. In the beginning, God just said be, and it was. Yeah. We've got to start saying be. Yeah. Be healed. Yeah. Be delivered. Yeah. You know? Be saved. Be. We've, we've got to start declaring things that, that is what God wants to do. The world is crying out for the manifestations of the sons and daughters of God. And I'm here as God's offspring, 
to decree his words of life, power, and change, words that, that produce after their own kind. If I say them, they, they come to pass. Word seed decrees that declare God's power, scatter darkness, bring order out of chaos. We do it just like Dad did in the beginning, just like Father God. The Holy Spirit is hovering right now over California, over Orange County, until he hears God's seeds declared and decreed. He's hovering today over our nation, over the world, waiting for his sons and daughters to do that. Now, I found a fascinating scripture in Isaiah 51, verse 16. It says, and I put my words in your mouth. This is God speaking to I put my words in your mouth. I have covered you with the shadow of my hand, that I may plant the heavens or my seed, the heavens. Lay the foundations of the earth and say to Zion, you're my people. Now, he's saying, I'm going to give you a mouth to speak it. Prayer is speech, uh, making your quest, but it's also a decree of God's promises. Prayers express confidence in God's answering abilities. The words of seeds out of our mouths are sent to grow to fullness until they're manifested in the heavens or on the earth. Now, here's what happens. Lucifer and his kingdom... Seek to silence the body of Christ. Yes. They want you to remain as slaves. Remember the, the children of Israel in, in Egypt? Yes. Get us out of here, God. They just pled and pled. What they, what they needed to do was decree. Yes. And I'm going to tell you something about Moses in just a minute who let him out. Why, why God chose Moses. Okay? So, so what, what happens is Lucifer and his kingdom are attempting to shut our mouths. Part of every demon's assignment is to shut the mouth of Christ's body. Yeah. That's, that's what they're doing. I've made a deep dive into angels and demons. And I'm telling you, uh, just on numbers, we beat them. <laughs> There's, if, if you do it now, now think about this, think about this, think about this with the angel armies. The same angels that were here with Moses, Abraham, David, are still around. They don't die. Same thing is opposite true. The demons are still around. They don't die. They may be, you know, hampered as we pray. But what happens is we, we plant or seed the heavens by our words. And so Lucifer is trying to shut us up, but God's original intent was for his sons and daughters to open their mouths and declare his words on the earth. That's why you're here. You're not, you're not here just to exist, just to survive. I remember when I was a kid, you know, uh, uh, I, every Sunday I'd get resaved because I wasn't sure if I was going to make it to heaven. So, you know, I got saved again, and God, thank you for saving me. But that's not why I'm here to get saved. I'm here to be a citizen of the kingdom of God, an ambassador of heaven on earth. That's why God said, when you pray, pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Didn't, now, that's a command. So we need to start commanding things, not, not as slaves pleading for things. We're, ki we're king's kids. Therefore, we need to declare what God has already said. Get into God's word and declare what he's already said. Whoa. Praise God. Now, he uses the word plant, so we're going to plant or or seed those things in the heaven. The entire universe is made to hearken to the voice of God's word. Angel armies are made to respond to the voice of God's word. So what we need to do, we need to declare the words of God into the heavens, on the earth, man, through, over mankind, nations, government, 
people everywhere. We're to plant God's good seed. We're to sow the atmosphere of our region with God's word seed decrees so that the rains of heaven can come and activate them and grow them to fullness. That's what we need to do. We're planting gardens everywhere. Now think about this. What was Adam's vocation? He was a gardener. He was a farmer. So what are we? We're gardeners. That's our primary vocation on the earth. It's to grow more gardens like the Garden of Eden, to bring fruitfulness. And so uh, we, we see this all through the New Testament. I don't have time to go through all of these scriptures, but we, we see that we are to create with words. God's declared words become creative. Isaiah 55, this is, this is a great scripture. I didn't do this first service, so I'm doing this now. Isaiah 55, 9, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down, the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower. There we have that word again. Seed to the sower, bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. In other words, words are assignments. You're given an assignment by God higher than any other to declare and decree what he's already said so you can be his voice on the earth. The angels hear it. It begins to happen. Atmospheres come about. The devils flee and his assignments are broken. The word return is to turn around. The promise to us is the word you decree will not turn around. It cannot be reversed. The word you decree, which is God's word, if it's God's word, it cannot turn around, cannot be reversed. God is saying that if, it's, if his word is decreed, it shall not be negated. Hell can't negate it. Lucifer can't negate it. Demons can't. Government can't. Nothing can negate it. And it, it, he, then it uses the word void. The word void is empty, ineffectual, to leak out. He's, he's basically saying this. My word that my sons and daughters decree in my name does not return empty. It will not leak out. And I don't give empty promises. They are all full. My promises don't leak. I got to move on here. And then, then it ends with the word prosper. The word prosper is push forward to break out, to be good, to be successful, to be profitable. God's decreed word becomes profitable. It breaks, it breaks out of, this is the, what it definition, it breaks out of confinement. Wow. Now think about this. Have you ever thought about a seed under the ground? There's, now think about the, this little seed breaks through a, a lot more, it's a lot heavier than, than you would think. I mean, pounds, it would be like pounds and pounds and pounds of things over us over the seed, but the seed breaks through the confinement. That's God's word. It breaks through the confinement. Have you ever seen a... Isn't it amazing how trees can grow out of rocks? Seeds have breakthrough potential. It, It breaks out of confinement. The word seeds break through blockages in the heavens and the earth, and they are made good. They will prosper. And it's the power of our decrees because God's DNA is in us as we decree it because we're an heir, an identical heir. Testing. I thought a battery went out there for a minute. 
Okay, so we're supposed to decree, uh, make decrees that break loose hell's grip. And we should, be, we should be expecting to reap God's abundant life. You need to expect deliverance, expect freedom, expect prosperity, expect miracles, expect healing, signs and wonders. It's the nature of God. God's spore is in us. Expect this parenting seed of your father to produce his nature. It says I have 10 minutes left. Okay, so I'm going to give you some things I didn't give first service. All right. So you've got to start learning and practicing and activating kingly language, authority language. The king's seed that's been sown in you is his king's DNA. And as a part of his family, we need to engage in his kind of communication of power, might, and dominion. All through scripture, Jesus always said words of authority and power. And, and with that, he, he began to speak with authority. And in, Matthew, or in John 7, 46, never have a, has a man spoke like this man. He had authority. His speech was not confusing. It was powerful. And we see this all through Scripture. Luke 4, 32, they were astonished at his doctrine, for the, his word was with power. The word power there is the word exousia. And since they were all amazed and spoke among themselves, saying, what a word is this? For with authority and power, he commands the unclean spirits, and they come out. Yes. Let me say it this way. Kings talk differently. Yes. This, their speech resonates with authority. We see this all through Scripture. Mark 13, 31, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. But sadly, I'm going to say this again, sadly, as even as believers, I think we've been dumbed down. We haven't understand the complexity or the simplicity, really, of the power of God. We have embraced the language of slavery instead of the language of a king. Our language is to be the language of kings as we rule and reign with him. We need to say, go in the name of Jesus. You know, you can, you can declare, I don't know if you've, you know, if you've uh, uh, spoken to demons who, maybe people who've been demon-possessed, I have. And uh, authority, we have been given authority. Yes. You, 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 you can speak to that. And it, it shall, because we speak with, it, with authority. In, in, in uh, Acts chapter 4, there was a story of the, of the disciples who got arrested and, and they were told to shut up. What they say? They prayed and they said, uh, grant to us boldness and the Holy Spirit. Yes. And God gave them both. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They spoke the word of God with boldness. And, and now let me say it this way. Until God's seed, word seeds are decreed, the seed is dormant. You didn't get that? Until God's seed is spoken, it's dormant. God's word is dormant. It has to be spoken. Now, I close with, with this in a, in a few stories. The book of Job is the oldest book in the Bible. It was written by, most people say, Moses. Now, interestingly enough, Moses understood authority. Why? Because he was trained in the house of Pharaoh. He was trained as a king. He was to be a king. And so he was, he was trained that way, and he, he spoke then. Now, let me go back to what I said before. Is not it interesting that it was a king that led the children of Israel out of Egypt? It wasn't a slave. You've been trained as a king. We need some kings to arise and lead people out of slavery. Now, I, I found a scripture here. It's 
powerful. It's in Job 22:28, And uh, most of you don't like to read Job because you don't want to talk about and read about suffering, okay? But it says here, you will also decree a thing, and it will be established for you, and light will shine on your ways. So here's a king, Moses, speaking this. You will decree a thing, and it will be, and it will bring light. Another, another thing here is you will pronounce something to be, and he will make it so. Now, let me, boy, I have so much I want to say. Uh, so this week before I came, the Lord, in my prayer time, I saw, I saw a vision of Orange County. I saw myself off the coast. I was looking all the way down the coastline of California. If you've ever been in a plane, you, you know, you can see way up the coast, way down the coast. But I saw Orange County, and all of a sudden, I saw these lighthouses springing up. All through, and it was only Orange County. Now, remember what I just read. Decree, and it shall be so, and you'll have light. I saw that in my spirit. And the Lord spoke to me, the Lord spoke to me and said, uh, tell the people they need to start making houses of light that will open up the heavenlies by their decreeing, not begging, it's not slave language, this is king language, by decreeing and declaring, this is the way it's going to be. I didn't see it in any other county. I think you have a responsibility. I think California will follow Orange County. I'm just, I'm just saying what I saw. Now, let, I, I did my history a little. I'm a history guy. I'm a history guy, so I did my history on, on California, Orange County. Uh, so I now need to go to the answer to what I said first of all. What is the answer to saving America? Because God told me then, okay, after about four or five years, he then gave me the answer to that vision I had. How are we going to overcome this cabal, this dark cloud, which has manifested, been manifested in America right now? And this is the way we talk. He said, uh, hey, Ken, you checked out my servant Abraham lately? Go to Genesis 18. I go to Genesis 18. This is in my prayer time. My prayer times are, are more communication times, just back and forth. And uh, he said, you checked out Abraham? He said, uh, God told me, he says, Abraham was my favorite intercessor. I said, wow, why? He knew how to debate with me or come into agreement. Remember the story? He's looking over Sodom and Gomorrah. He says, please, 50, Lord, 50. And then he went down to 40, then 30, then 20, then 10. Remember that? That, that's an intercessor. Yes. He's interceding on earth that God may move in a certain way on, yes. on the earth. And then the Lord said, Ken, if you will get 10 leading intercessors who are inter intercessor leaders in every congressional district, there are 435 of them, by the way, in America, I will save America. Now, I've, I heard this, it's probably 8, 10 years ago. So over the last 8, 10 years, I've been trying to, to mobilize this. I mean, it's been tough. 
until now. What's happened across America? Now, do you know how many congressional districts you have in Orange County? No, you guys, first service. You, you can't come and tell. Most of you don't know. There are six congressional districts in Orange County. Each congressional district actually services about 750 to 800,000 people. And so you have six of these in Orange County. What if, I'm just a saying, what if we had lighthouses that would erupt in every congressional district? You would begin to pray. Now, I saw this. I could write it out for you. I saw this where there would be prayer strategies that would encompass every local government, every school board, every congressional leader, etc., in that I would surround this area. I would actually drive the border of the congressional district and pray. See, I believe in prayer driving. I do it all the time. If I hear something going on, what, and I'm going to tell you a story. It's, is it okay if I go over a couple minutes? I've got to tell you a story. I'm not going to tell you because I don't want to get political, but if, uh, I have a bunch of friends who are intercessors all across the country. And when we get together, it's interesting. So back a few years ago, I'm not going to tell you what year because I don't want you to put politics in this. We felt God speak to us to go to a certain state and prayer walk, prayer drive, the leading contender for the presidency who had an office or a position in that state. He was expected to win that state. And if he won that state, he would win the election. He was, in our estimation, he was not God's choice. So we took a prayer SWAT team. I'm telling you. I could tell you all kinds of prayer SWAT team stories. And we began to, we, we prayed around night and day. We prayed around, I don't know, maybe tw uh, two or three days. We just prayed around the headquarters and just prayed. And we decreed God's word and we commanded blessing over that, that state. And he was expected to win the state. The election happened about a month later. He lost the state. Now you say, well, Pastor Ken, can you take credit? Yeah, I think I can. Not, not for me, but for, the, for God's word being spoken. Now, I think the same thing can be done in congressional districts around, around the nation. If, there are 400, if we had 435 teams that were praying for every congressional district and there was a manifest presence of God, we would do seed words and the decrees of God, declaring of God would happen. I think the power of God would be manifest. But we've been living the life of slaves. Please, Lord, save us. Please, Lord, help us. Why don't you be a king and declare it? Why did God do? Now, I want to tell you something. So at the end of first service, I, you know, I, I feel these things. So at the end of first service, I had a fireman from Orange County come up to me. He said, Pastor Ken, there's about, there's several of us going to lose our jobs because they've given us a mandate. They've done it in L.A. County. About 1,000 firefighters, he said, are going to lose their jobs in, in L.A. County. Now, let me, let me just read this to you. Yes, come on. Stay with me. Yes, come on. Now, listen to this scripture. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God is with him. You see, the devil is trying to oppress everybody, including those governmental officials who were saying, now I'll, I'll say this, if you don't have God in you, 
you will start doing insane things. Now, let me say it this way. Um, any system or person that controls, mandates, takes away liberty or freedom, that manipulates, shames, or condemns is of the devil. Let me just say that. How do I know that? God doesn't shame you into things. God doesn't manipulate. God doesn't control or mandate. Anytime that's done, that's of the devil. And the Bible says, John 10, 10, God comes to bring life and life more abundantly, but the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I mean, I tell you, I read as it's not true. I, I say this on my radio program. You know, life and liberty is the example. And boy, I wish I could tell you all this too. I, I, I have a, I'm a worldview connoisseur. And the, wor- the Judeo-Christian worldview is the worldview that has allowed everything that we appreciate in the world right now to have fruit. The reason why you have inventions, I mean, I could, I could, go, I could go down the list. Do you know that no other worldview actually uh, honors and lifts up music? Do you know that inventions are a product of the geo-Christian worldview? Everything we have blessed, even the supply lines and everything organized, it's all because of the Judeo-Christian worldview. I could document this and show you. But we're here right now battling this evil. And so I, I was talking to this firefighter. I said, I said, Eric, you gotta, you got to get a group of people. you got to start because they're about to mandate it here in Orange County, I guess. You need to start walking your firehouses, walking the government officials, you know, the state houses or, or, or county houses or whatever. You need to prayer walk and you need to start decreeing, just like what we did in that state years ago. If you will decree this, God will hear your prayers. God will hear this. You're a king. You're a king. And instead of complaining about it, do something about it. You're a king and you can declare. And, and uh, my, my wife years ago, she did prayer walks and she, went, she would go by a house every, every day and she'd say, this, there's, a, there's an open heaven by this house and it's just amazing. So I, stay, I just stand there and pray for a while because it's so powerful. A couple years later, we have dinner with some people in our church. We've come to find out that's their house. And that was her and her husband praying that open portal open. Now I'm telling you, in Orange County, we need to see lighthouses. We need to see officials coming down and in the sense of obeying what the Spirit is saying, not what the Spirit of the enemy is saying. And, and I would just I would uh, uh, declare to you that we're in a season clearly where we need to do the Word of God. And we need to be doing our assignments. And, and the decrees, the word decree when Moses... Now think about this. Moses was the king when he gave a decree... Uh, that divided the Red Sea, that decree word in the Hebrew is the word gazar. It means to divide, to sever, or to cut off. So when, when, Pharaoh, or when Moses lifted up his rod, he spoke words of ruling authority, and he literally said to the sea, separate, open, divide. You need to go to Orange County. You need to raise the rod of God, and you need to say, separate, open, and divide. Now... I got to close. I got to close. Ken, you got to close. You got to stop. 
We, we have received authority in Jesus' name to stop evil prescriptions and laws and to decree God's prescriptions as his kids. We're here to decree God's statutes, his laws, his ways, and we're to release the hand of God. Authority language was given to Mordecai and Esther to change a nation. And I think it parallels, Esther's story parallels our story so well. Now think about this. They, were, they, they had to... They had to counteract an evil law. What was the evil law? It was, evil, it was going to kill the Jews. We have an evil law now called abortion. It's the law of the land. It's evil. It's already a law. We have, we have you know, redefined marriage. It's already a law. We have all these abominations that are already laws. We've got to start declaring, I'm in contact right now. I'm helping uh, sponsor a movie that's going to be... Uh, uh, portrayed in the visitors, uh, the Capitol Visitor Center in Washington, D.C., and it, it talks about the pro-life issue. It's the most amazing uh, video or movie because it brings you to tears. You realize what is, what is going on here, and we're inviting all the legislators, both senators and congressmen, to come and see this because I believe we're very close to cutting this evil off at the very knees. So... We have, if you remember, Haman, Haman was opposing Esther. Yeah. Haman's fill our government, our media, our university, all this thing, and they, they have tried to strangle the life out of God's people. Yeah. I'm telling you, we're in an Esther moment. We've yeah. been brought here to, for such a time as this, yeah. and we've got to rise up and face this evil legislation that brings bondage. Liberty is at stake. Yeah. Religious bias against abortion is now being defined as hate speech. And harsh penalties are being levied. And public prayer is ridiculed. And the list goes on and on. We're facing corruption everywhere. It's time to reverse the rhetoric and constant judgment. It's time to change evil decrees that cause feelings of despair. The insanity must stop. And we can do it because we are kings. We're royalty. Man, it gets hot down here. Let it get hot in the spirit. Okay, I'm done. Um, says I went eight minutes over. I keep, yeah, you can come up now. Yeah. I just, I want to rebuke time at times. I want to be like Joshua's. Sun, stand still. Can I pray with you? I, I, I think if you will arise... If you will start taking authority as kings, yeah. I don't care how you think, well, what can I do? You can decree. You're a king's kid. Yeah. And if I were you, I'd start. I, I want to pray for Eric and the, and the firefighters. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that first. Okay, I could tell you one more story. So a few years ago, quite a few years ago, I was, I was in a youth, youth camp and I was preaching in a youth camp. The kids came up to me the first night and they said, Pastor Ken, there's this evil evil uh, rock concert that's coming to our town and I'm not going to tell you the town or the person or anything uh, and we just think it's so evil and, and we, we want it to stop so we got in a circle I said you know we have power over that so we prayed we decreed in Jesus name let this concert die for lack of interest we, we decreed it we declared it and then I forgot we were a big circle in the 
kids were praying and we were all just declaring, decreeing that. Then I kind of forgot about it. We got to Thursday night or Friday morning and the camp director comes up to me. He says, Pastor Kenny, you need to hear this. Uh, they canceled the rock concert for lack of interest. Come on, people. Start thinking like kings, not slaves. Start declaring, start decreeing. You weren't made here just to just exist, just to hang in there, baby. You were meant to be authoritative, speaking individuals that would represent the kingdom of God. Would you stand to your feet? I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna decree some things over the firefighters here in this city. In I guess it's Orange County. Is it Orange County that's happening? So, Father, we decree in Jesus' name. We declare that every evil mandate, every evil decree of the enemy would be cut off and silenced. We now decree as kings, kids, that the assignment of the devil has been canceled in Jesus' name. We decree that your children, your men and women of God who are in these fire departments, Lord, we pray that you would preserve them. And as they speak and declare, they would have authority. We would pray that you would give them freedom. I pray that you would cut off the enemy's attempt to destroy the children of God. We command every decree in California that is a mandate that's a evil, that is coming from Satan himself. We ask oh, that you, O oh Lord, would rebuke it. Let, let God rebuke it. We command that they stop in Jesus' name. And we command the decrees of God to take hold. Freedom and liberty and blessing. Let it happen in Orange County. Let houses of light begin to develop. Places where God's people are raising the anthem. Developing a portal. An atmosphere of your glory and your presence. We pray that that would come even today in Jesus' name. Lord, I'm, I'm praying that you would cancel the assignments of every leading uh, political figure in this state that are not according to your will and your way. We pray your kingdom come, your will be done in California, Sacramento, San Francisco, LA, San Diego, Orange County, every place, Lord. Let your kingdom come and be advanced. Cut off the works of the enemy. And as Esthers, we stand and we say, Lord, let the king, king's ruling of the enemy now be cut off and let the Hamans of California be hung on their own gallows in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. And we just decree the word of the Lord. Your word is, you're glorious, you're mighty, you're awesome, you're great. Let the evil that has produced so much despair in this in this state lord be now cut off let every assignment of the enemy be cut off in jesus name now with your heads bowed i want to ask this question is there anybody here today you've you've enjoyed this but you're not sure you're right with christ you're not sure your life is in accordance with god and you want to make sure because you want to be a part of this you want to make sure that you are in in relationship with god and you've invited him into your life so you can be a king if you're not sure about that, on the count of three, just lift your hands. All I want to do is pray for you. One, two, three. One, two, three. Let's lift your hand right now. You want, to, you want us to pray for you. Ask God to come. Just lift your hand. Keep it up. Keep it up. 
keep it up. I see a few. Yes. I see at least four or five. All right. Everybody put your hand to your heart right now. Father, we ask for your grace to come. Now, everybody pray this prayer with me. Dear Father, I invite you into my life. I want to be a king's kid. I believe in my heart. I confess with my mouth that you are the Lord and Savior of my life. Make me a brand new species. And I commit my life to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, Oceans Church. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Have a great week.